What's up, everyone? Welcome to Scorch the Fears. We have the great Alex Quezada on here on the podcast. I've been following him for a minute. He recently did a podcast with my mentor and one of my great friends, Pace Morby, talking about self-storage. That's where I was like, okay, like I, I like him. I like got to know his personality a little bit more, especially from that one. And I was like, man, that would be dope to have him on the podcast. Super chill guy was immediately like, sure, man. Like, when do you want me on? And I'm like, uh, when's the next year time you're free? And he's like, next week. And I'm like, all right, I'm into it. Right. <laughs> so I was like, why not? Let's do it. And so, yeah, my man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, so, pleasure. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Love it. So, Tell me real quick, just for the people that don't know you, quickly introduce yourself, like what you do in real estate, all of that good stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, I'm Alex Casada. Uh, uh, my operations in Orlando, Florida. So I've been doing real estate for 12 years and uh, started with residential real estate, done a lot of wholesaling, started with wholesaling, started buying and holding assets in 2017 with uh, creative financing as my backbone of picking up properties, creative financing and private money. And so built up a portfolio since 2017. We own 260 plus doors, uh, over 200,000 square feet of self-storage. We're developing 90,000 square feet of self-storage in Tallahassee, Florida. And so self-storage is my main focus, but we still have our uh, residential business, our wholesale operation uh, that my brother runs the day-to-day -day of that business. And uh, we do multiple seven figures in that business. And we have some other, you know, uh, bolt-on businesses as well. Um, and looking to continue to grow all our businesses and continue to scale up and uh, continue to take down assets and, and grow our holdings. Uh, Self-storage is, is my go-to right now. And I've been uh, focusing on that. We've purchased nine properties in the last three years and uh, doubled the value of three of them, sold those uh, pretty quickly. And uh, looking to continue to uh, buy more assets in uh, great markets. I love it. So why self-storage? Like on it, I'm going to be honest, I, before that podcast, I knew basically very little about self-storage, but why, why do self-storage versus multifamily versus hotels versus any of the other big asset classes you could be doing? Like what, what attracted you to self-storage in general? Yeah. So essentially um, I, I've done multifamily and mobile home parks. I like mobile home parks also. It's a great cash flow. It's affordable housing. But self-storage has one thing those other things don't have, and it's uh, they don't have tenants. Uh, so you have customers, and it's a, really a business, not just real estate. And so uh, you know, there's a lot more level level levers you can pull, and um, you know, it's a lot about revenue management. And in self-storage, there's still a lot of mom and pop um, operators, a lot of people who own one or two facilities, and they don't treat it like a business. And uh, they may have owned it for a long time, or they um, you know, don't have any debt. They may have built the property. And so a lot of these folks are just, uh, have great income coming in and they, you know, are not really maximizing the value of these properties. And so we can come in and quickly on these properties, do a uh, add value and turn around these facilities very fast. And, uh, we utilize technology and automation to, you know, uh, help us do those things. And we can, quickly raise the income, lower the expenses, which obviously increases the NOI, the net operating income, increases, drives up the value. And then we can, you know, turn around, sell the property or refinance or continue to hold for, for cash flow. 
Love it. Awesome. So cool, man. I just was curious just because I don't know that much about self storage. We're definitely going to get into it, but this is uh. scorch the fears. So I always start with like the first question that I ask every single guest, which is when you were starting out, because it sounds like you started out, you said residential wholesaling, right? Yep. So then you started out in residential wholesaling when you were starting out, what were the fears that you had? And like, how did you overcome those fears, especially at the beginning? Yeah. So essentially it was, you know, more, I think probably most people, it's like, am I going to be successful in this? Can I do what these people, other people are doing and be successful? And so I never uh, was planning on going into real estate. I uh, was doing timeshare sales full face to face. I wanted to do uh, like be a stockbroker. Uh, but then found out they work like 80 hours a week um, and don't get paid really that, that much overall and in the beginning. And so essentially when uh, I got started, it's like I took education. So I heard a radio ad for Ronald Grant, how to buy houses with no money and education upfront kind of helped me not have so much fear over it. You know, I had a good, a good job that I was a top seller for the last two years of my company before I left. And I didn't have as much fear. It's more probably when I quit my job to go full time because I was doing some deals in the beginning, but I wasn't, you know, doing the numbers I thought I should be doing. So I was like, hey, I got to quit my job and go full time. And so probably at that point was more like, hey, am I going to be able to replace the income that I had uh, going all in in this vertical? And so uh, what helped me to overcome that is just education. And so I, I preach education a lot. It has... Uh, I continue to educate myself every single year, doubling down on you know masterminds and events. And I probably spend 80, 100K a K every year on my education and being in the right rooms and surrounding myself with people who can elevate me, elevate my thinking, and continue to help me grow and, and succeed. Love it. Awesome. So then, like, you're going down the rabbit hole. You're starting. How did you even hear about real estate, right? Like, how uh, and what, like, how did you hear about it? I was literally just driving on the highway. I know exactly where I was on the highway. And I just heard a, a radio ad for Ron LeGrand, how to buy houses with no money down. I was saving up money to buy a house and said it made sense to go uh, buy this course. Uh, I went to a little boot camp, a uh, little one day thing where they sell you a boot camp for a three day event. I bought that boot camp for five grand. Then at, back in the day, it used to be like a pitch fest. So everybody goes in there and pitches their product and their software to help you do more deals and more foreclosures on short sales and all these things. And I literally bought like so many of those items and, uh, or products and then just educated myself while doing the, my full-time job and probably over-educated myself before taking action. Now I would, I would go back and, and take immediate action. Uh, but I really earned everything kind of upfront, really studied it and then took uh, action and uh, started, got success right away. And when we did self-storage, we did the same thing. I got into self-storage. I bought coaching. I learned it. I educated myself. Our first marketing campaign, we got a deal. And so a lot of it, you know, over time I've learned is mindset. And so having the right mindset and taking massive action while educating yourself is like the three things that can really help you elevate your, you know, get to success uh, quickly. I love it. I have so much in that. I want to quick, quickly first talk about that moment where you heard that ad, because I feel like that's a moment that a lot of people remember a lot of successful real estate investors remember where they're like, wait a minute, 
that wait a minute moment. That was your wait a minute moment, right? I mean, mine, my wait a minute moment, I was like, I was at a meetup and they were just talking about um, real estate and owning it long term. And I was, it's just a moment where it was like, wow, hold on a second. And they told me about wholesaling. I'm like, wait a minute, I can do that. I can be very like personable and get to know people. There's no inventory. I'm like, wait a minute, I can do this. Just talk about that moment for a second. Like, what was it like for you listening to that video? Like, was a fire in it immediately lit? Was it like, oh my God, I have to do this right now? Like, talk about that moment, what it felt like for you when you like heard that ad. Yeah, uh, the ad definitely got me intrigued and, you know, no money down, wouldn't have to buy assets. And it was a quick ad, but it was one guy at the event, and I honestly don't know his name. He was somebody who worked for Ron Grand or one of his partners. And uh, he was just up there and, you know, he's he's doing his thing telling his story and he just stops and then he just like laughs and he's like man i didn't even graduate high school and i flew here on my own jet and you know i'm living my best life and i'm not the smartest guy and i'm like oh shit i'm actually i'm pretty smart like i know like i'm good at math like uh, finance like i graduated with a finance degree I, I i could do it if he could do it then i know i could do it and so that was the one that was like when he's he, when he did that, I was like, I literally went home and told my mom, I was like, man, like I'm doing this, like I I could do this, and so that was like really the moment, the spark that I was like, let's 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 take it over, let's do it. I love it. And then talking a little bit about, let's talk about education too, because I think that's been hugely important to me. My mentorships. I mean, I'm part of Sub Two. I'm part of Astro Flipping with Jamil Damji. I mean, you probably heard of both of these guys. Yeah. Um, what like. When should, I think your answer is going to be immediately, when should someone get educated, right? But I'm assuming those ones, you got upsold, you had some money. When do you feel like somebody should start paying for education versus maybe doing the YouTube university route? Or should they immediately pay for it if they can? What's your like opinions on how or like when you should get into mentorship? Yeah, I think uh, you should do it right away. I think maybe kind of dabbling into the into YouTube and get an idea of what you might actually want to do in real estate. Because the one thing with real estate is there's so many different ways to make money. You can do wholesaling, rehabbing, you know, buy and holds, you know, burst strategy, sub two, multifamily, mobile home park. You can do so much. So you should find that you know maybe through YouTube get some ideas of what interests you the most and what's important to you. And then at that point, you know, uh, get educated. So whether every avenue, there's somebody in that niche who teaches that. And so if you have the, the, the ability, pay for education first. Because we always say, what I always say is you, you pay to skip the line. Like I don't like waiting in line pretty much anywhere I go. And I will gladly pay to skip the line. And that's what you're doing with this, uh, with education. You are literally skipping the line. People are giving you the knowledge of where they screwed up and what not to do which is the most important, not only what to do, but what not to do. And it gives you a leg up on getting to where you want to go faster. And so I would always uh, say to pay to, to get educated. And if you don't have the capital, then go work for somebody for free or go ask to get a, a job working for them and learn from them and you know get educated uh, on the job. And I think a lot of people right now, see uh, social media and, and YouTube and whatnot and want the immediate success and want what everybody else has. And, and they just want it right away. People want, you know, 
the gratification right away. And it takes a lot of work. Like I've been doing this for 12 years. Uh, it's not just the last, you know, two years that I, I just got into this business. Then you can, you can get successful in two years, but it's not for everybody. And so I think you, you know, if, if you had the capability of working with somebody, you know, being under a pace or myself or somebody else and, and learning from them on job training and getting paid while you do it, you know, I think that's a, a good way to go and give them a year, two years to, you know, really hone your skills and then go do your own thing, learn how the businesses run and then go do your own thing. So how would they work for you? Let's say there's a young kid watching this podcast right now and they're like, man, I really connect with this Alex guy. I really like him. I don't know if I have any skills that are important to him, right? Because I feel like this is the hardest thing. And this is what I've had trouble telling people who've said they'll work for me for free because someone who works for me for free, that can be more of a burden to the business really than like a helpful, like it's like, you don't have any skills. So like, what am I going to even use you for? So how, how would one get a job with you, Alex? Like, what would you, what would they have to do? I know that part of the answer will be giving value, but like, how does one do that? How do they get a job or work under somebody so that they can learn? Yeah. You got to see what they need, uh, what they need and how, you can benefit them. And if you don't have skills, you need to go get skills. And so we are hiring for like acquisition reps. So if you're in sales and you need a, a job where you can get unlimited income because it's all commission based, it's salary, we get salary and plus commission, but your, your, your commission is not capped. And so essentially you need to go get skills. So if you don't have sales skills, go get sales experience, go do some door knocking, go sell cooking knives, go read books on sales videos on sales get educated on sales uh if you know sales you can be successful in any industry and so um that my background in time share sales helped me be successful in what i'm doing now and so that's probably one of the most important skills uh that and marketing i think the whole business is is marketing and sales so go craft uh you know go hone your skills in those two crafts and or one of them and go make yourself valuable to somebody, uh, you know, and they will pay you. Like I'd rather have a paid uh, employee than somebody who works for me for free. You know, I, I, we pay our, our people salary plus commission, like I said. So, you know, hone your skills, sales and marketing, and go be valuable to somebody. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I, I had a feeling that was the answer, but like, yeah, guys, like, I mean, you got to be I just want to like emphasize this, that you got to be like, really, um, you have to actually be giving value first, right? I know people who sometimes like can get in for free and get somebody to be a mentor for them for free. But how I've seen that happen is more or less you're like, you do something insanely creative that catches their attention and makes it like, okay, I just want to help this person right? It's really rare to do. I've seen it a few times, but I would say like it would either be, but, but it'd be more valuable if you actually have the skill, right? If you have a skill that people need, it's just going to be so much easier for you. And then you can use it, work for somebody else. They'll teach you this specific business and then you can apply it to your own business so that you then can get super rich. Right. Um, So then this is something that's curious for me. I feel like I'm where you were at whatever point you were at when you're like, I think I'm ready to start switching from wholesaling to self-storage or to whatever the whatever you did next. So this is going to be a very personal question for me because this is this is what I do is I convince people to come on my podcast and then I get all the knowledge I want from them, more or less, uh-huh. right? So yeah. 
my question for you now is when you were starting to switch from something other than wholesaling or flipping or whatever, especially when you were doing bigger stuff like self storage, right? That's a lot different than residential. I would say when you, whatever was self storage, the one after residential, was that like the next step? No, I got the, we did a mobile home parks first, uh, okay. but I did it with a partner and then, uh, got some multifamily, did that with a partner and then did self storage as well. After that. Okay. So then when you're starting to switch to like a new one, something a little bit bigger than just the wholesaling, right? It's pretty hard to make a wholesaling into like a hundred million dollar business. I don't really know that many people who can do that, but people in like multifamily and self storage, they can scale these types of things. When you were starting these businesses, these bigger projects, right? Um, how did you do it? Because where you just did you get yourself completely out of the wholesaling first? And then did you put yourself as like an acquisition manager for self storage? Or did you just immediately hire people and like, no, we're just going to put in, you know, 50k, we're going to hire everybody, that'll be enough for a couple months salary. And then we're going to just figure it out and start from the top. Like how how did you how did you do that? Yeah, so um, initially, I did it with a partner. I, I taught a buddy of mine, you know, how to get into real estate, how to start buying houses, flipping houses, doing some wholesaling. And he, you know, he flipped a couple mobile homes and he got interested in mobile home parks. And we went to a, a course together on buying mobile home parks. And uh, we did a couple of deals together. And, you know, he was kind of like, hey, let's, let's do this, you know, full time, you know, let's focus on this. And for me, uh, he came from a different industry and had, you know, money set aside. And for me, I was constantly putting money back into my business and growing my wholesale business and, you know, continue to, to you know, pour into it. And so at that point in time, I didn't feel like I had uh, enough in, you know, reserves to kind of go all in. And uh, so I, you know, partnered with him a couple of deals and I kept growing my wholesale business. I, I wasn't in a place where I can replace myself and automate it. And so, you know, he, he went and did mobile home parks and I focused on self storage, I'm uh, sorry, in uh, wholesaling and continued to, to grow that and dabbled here and there in some multifamily and stuff like that, but didn't make it my full focus. I was really focused on building my wholesale operation and getting that systemized because the one thing about commercial assets is a lot of times, uh, you know, there's no immediate income, you know, you can make an acquisition fee up front. But a lot of guys I know, they, they were running negative for many times until the next deal closes and then they get an acquisition fee. And so uh, that's just not like the lifestyle I wanted. I didn't want to also force deals just to get an acquisition fee. And so um, I'm very picky with the commercial deals we do. And I want to hit home, like home runs. I want to hit good deals, like doubles and triples. Like I want to hit, I want to pick winners. And so that's what we do on, on the commercial assets. And, um, you know, so for me, I personally felt, Hey, I need to take more time, grow my uh, wholesale business because that is produces income. It's, it's cash every single month you're making. And so now we're in a position where in 2020, uh, 1920, that where I had my brother who's been with me for 10 years and educated along my, my way, been by my side, took all my knowledge and put him in place to run the wholesale operation where I can now focus on self-storage. And now we're at doing numbers that made sense where we can, you know, go in into self-storage uh, full-time with my, my focus full-time in self-storage. And that's what we did. 
And so it took me, you know, really almost two and a half, three years to get to that point. Um, but I, I really don't have regrets on that part of, of my life and my business because now we have a, you know, cash machine and I can be picky on self-storage deals. I can be, you know, make sure we're, we pick winners and not focus on, you know, the next acquisition fee because we have other income coming in from other businesses we have. Gotcha. So it sounds like basically automize the wholesaling business completely first, which I've, I'm very close to being done with. I got a partner in my wholesaling business. That's also making it a lot easier. And then be like kind of like an acquisitions manager in like finding the deals for self storage and then having a partner who teaches you probably the operation side. Cause I like, it's probably somewhat different. The finding the deal process with a self storage versus residential, but I can't imagine it sales is always sales in the end, right? Like it's, it's the same. Is it that much different? It's just different lingo. Basically. It's I, I typically tell people who do wholesaling. I'm like, all you got to really do is change the list and ask different questions. You know, uh, instead of how many bedrooms and bathrooms you have, you're saying, you know, what's your unit mix and what's your occupancy, you right. know? So it's just, it's just a little bit different language different questions you ask, different add value, uh, different things you look for in the profit and loss statement to see what you can tweak and take off here and there. And so overall it's the same concept. And so that's why it's an easy transition. Um, and the one thing mentioning partners, you know, I, I do a lot of other businesses and they're successful because of partners. We always say, yeah. my partner says, partnerships equal rocket ships. And so if you could partner with the right people and you know they're success, they uh, have these certain skills that are very successful, like an operations guy and you're the acquisition guy, that's a great partnership. And so for instance, like I own like 15 short-term rentals and I don't do a thing with them. I partner with guys who all they do is short-term rentals and they handle that. And so I find them. And I'll hand them to them. Sometimes they find them, they bring it to me, and I'll raise the capital. So when you can have good partners and people who, you know, especially specialize in what they do, that's the best kind of partners. And so going back to my guy with the mobile home parks, you know, if I, you know, we just had dinner the other night and, and I was like, I have people still bring me mobile home park deals. And if I found a good one and, and I know how to do it, I operate one without him already uh, in Asheville and, you know, I would still possibly probably bring him in on it because he just got the operations down. And so if I just found the deal and handed it to him and took a lesser piece of the pie, I know he could run it and I don't have to really have to worry about that. And I can still focus on self-storage while buying other different assets and not having the whole pie, but sharing in it with it with somebody who that's their specialty. That's what they're good at. And, you know, and we all succeed and all, all win and all eat. Yo, know, I love it. I mean, like, this is something that I learned recently because for the people who had like have a worse mindset about that, I like Alex, you're giving away 50% of the company though, right? Like, aren't you like, that's so much money, right? Like, why are you giving away 50% of the, these companies to partners? Yeah. So on the, on the business side, we don't really give, we don't do like a lot of partnerships on like, Hey, we're going to buy a bunch of assets together. It's more like a one-off. So on like that one up, hey, I got a lead. I'm going to bring you this deal and we're partnered on this deal. And it's for me, it makes sense. And for most people, it makes sense because you're doing less. So if you can only have to focus on this avenue and you don't have to be the you know, 
the alpha and the omega, the everything to the deal, and you can have partners. It allows you to be more successful, allows you to grow faster, allows you to do more and, and scale quicker. Um, and so if, you know, I'd rather have a uh, hundred deals and own 25% of them than, you know, five deals and own a hundred percent of them. And so it's just a faster way to get, to be successful. And those people are niched out. So especially like you don't want to partner with somebody who you guys do the same thing, or it's not going to really um, give you uh, exponential growth. Essentially you want to be, you want to part, make the right partners. It's hard to find good partners, but you want to find the right people that you connect with that have, you know, different skills than you. So you get exponential growth. If you just partner with somebody and you just do double what you're doing, you know, it doesn't really do that much for you. But if you find the right partner and you, you know, five, 10, 20 X, you know, what you thought you could do on your own, then that's the right partner. I love it. So then you said, you said you don't partner on the businesses, but you said we don't partner on the businesses. Who's we? Uh, my, me and my brother are partners in everything. So there you go. So you even the, even the businesses you have a partner, it's your brother, right? Yeah. So like, I'm curious, like, I did, did you just like, I know, are you guys similar skill sets? Or are you guys opposite skill sets, even if you're brothers? I'm, I'm more a visionary CEO. And he's more the manager, uh, more the more literally a manager, like he's literally a perfect manager. He manages our sales team, our, you know, the whole operation of the uh, self of uh, the wholesale operation. The sales team, the dispo team, the transaction team, he, he manages all, all each yeah. department. So I just wanted to like, I love ranting about this. So I'm going to go a little rant real quick where I talk about guys, partnerships are the best thing ever. Literally everything. If you find the right problem, it's one plus one equals 11, not two, right? Like that's how it can be magical with partners. Everyone I know who's like really, really successful has some sort of partner, whether it's Pace, Jamil, you, like I recently just got a partner and I gave up half my wholesaling business because they had a wholesaling business and then we merged them and it's been amazing ever since, right? So the real question though is that it really is the hard one is what do you look for in a partner and how do you find that partner? Yeah, so... It, it, for looking for what do I look for in them? I look for them that have specialized skill sets. So like I have partners in like short-term rentals, like I mentioned, and that's all they do. Like that's their passion. They love it. They don't do anything else. And so, and I know they're successful. I've seen their success. I know them personally. Um, and so I know they're good people. I know they have high morals, high standards. And so those are the people I look for and, and I partner with on the same aspect of the mobile home parks uh as well you know a great guy i know him for a long time he's a doer he's an action taker he has that skill set parted with them and you know my other partners as well in different avenues that we have they're beasts at what they do you know they're they super focus uh they're drivers they you know push uh, you know uh their businesses forward and they've done a lot and so from you know people who have, who are successful, people who've shown success, have a track record of success and specialized uh, skills. That makes sense. Do you, do you feel like there has to be anything? Cause at least for me with my partners, I also like them to have somewhat of the same morals. Maybe it's different if it's real estate deals. I'm, I think like, for instance, like, I, I mean, it seems like your main, your brother is like your main 
business partner, right? I mean, brothers, that was an easy find in a little way. How did you how did you end up partnering with your brother? Like, how did that process start? Well, he was only 18. And I told him you're gonna come work for me. <laughs> oh, well, that's an easy way to do it. <laughs> that was easy. And so uh, essentially that way, but my other main business partner, um, I know him for I used to work for him in my in our travel club timeshare business. And he built a, a huge company uh, to multiple multiple you know, eight million eight figures, and so he had skills you know specialized skill set. He was a, a beast in what he does in marketing, and he runs our marketing for our wholesale operation. And we have a, a call center in South America that we do lead generation for other people, and he runs that whole business. And he lives in South America, and he runs the, that operation. And so essentially. You know, we're strategic partners and, um, you know, it's a win-win because we both push each other and both help each other grow our businesses. And uh, it's, uh, you know, he's proven himself and I know he has that specialized knowledge. So it's easy to pick when when people have the track record and I've really only probably partnered with people I've known for a while too, a long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then, sorry, excuse me um so then so then people you've known for a long time so like let's say you're trying to do airbnbs like how did you meet those guys how like where would you even start finding a partner right and like let's just start there like where would you even look for one so for the for the airbnb guys uh, off the bat so one of the guys is chris miller and he's at daytona beach and he uh I actually helped him buy his first property. I spoke at a local RIA. So a local RIA is a good place. I spoke at a local RIA. He saw me speak. I helped him get his first deal and he had a full-time job. He did air. Uh, he did a short-term rental on his property, started buying a couple more, quit his job. I think his wife quit her, her job. I saw he's doing more. You know, he found an opportunity, need help raising capital. He partnered on the deal. And then now we own like seven or eight properties together, nine, maybe uh, short-term rentals. And so, I saw, you know, what he did. He had a track record. I knew him from the RIA and, you know, we built a relationship. And so we partnered together. And then I have another partner on short-term rentals as well. Local meetups. We've met uh, uh, JB, uh, got some blue gems, JB and Aiden. They uh, invited me on their podcast. We, we became friends. We hung out at local events. They're both local, local to Orlando. And we, they found opportunities. I found opportunities, and we found a, a way to partner together on, you know, structuring deals and raising capital. And so we just created win-wins together. But I saw what they're doing in industry, what, how their leaders in the industry, how they have a track record, and you know, those are the people we, we partner with. And so it's not like, you know, um, super super deep relationships, but I see the moves they're making. And so you know, uh, people do business with who they like and trust, but people do business with people who do business. And so I see them doing business. I see them taking action and that's what I relate to. And that's what I see. And that's what I, you know, uh, am willing to, you know, uh, dive into a relationship with them and not everything, you know, not everything, you know, always goes well and, and not everything's a winner all the time. But when you are partnered with people with, you know, high morals and have the same, you know, standards as you do, um, you know, you find a way to make it work and, and create win-win situations. 
I love it. That's such a that's such a, like a good thing to like value, right? Like I definitely have had partnerships where like I I realize I'm like, oh god dang it, I thought they knew what they were doing and they have no idea what they're doing, right? Like I I recently have a partnership like that right now. I'm trying to almost exit out of basically. I'm like, all right, I think I'm gonna lose 20k on this deal and I'm okay with it because I'm tired of worrying about this, right? Um, and that happens, guys. You know, like it's a living and learning lesson. I if I had had this podcast three months ago, I probably would have taken his advice earlier and been like, wait a minute, how many deals? are they doing right yeah. um so do you vet them like do you like do you like see their huds or is it more just like okay they've got the clout they've got like community like how how deeply do you vet your partners um i i knew them like i i i was close enough to them that i could see what they're doing and i, I didn't believe that they were you know in front of houses faking it you know and right. so just being with that, like kind of personally knowing them, you know, more than just like through YouTube or Instagram or something like that. I believe them from having real conversations, you know, um, not just over, you know, a podcast, but, you know, meeting them and going to their baby showers and, and things like that and, you know, meeting their family. And so uh, I built a little bit stronger relationship where I knew these people were trustworthy and I can see the actions they're taking. And I, you know, it, it's, I feel like I'm a ju good judge of character also. And so, um, you know, it was a little bit of trust. I'll, I'll definitely, we would trust and uh, rather than uh, hold it back and not trust you up front. Like I, I rather uh, go forward with my trust and, and give it to you. Gotcha. Makes sense. So then, okay, cool. Let's switching off of partners for a second. Here's like another topic that I'd like to talk to you about that like I'm, just curious about that i want to get into a little bit before the end of this um let's talk about social media for a second like just how social media has affected your business so far um i mean like how how has it affected your business like how do you um why did you start becoming social media famous right like i feel like people a lot of times don't really keep in mind why they should be starting a podcast doing like other people's podcasts, putting out the deals they're doing on social media. What's the reason you started doing so much social media content? Um, I did it for to, to more like raise raise private money and to have more uh, capital at my disposal. Like I said, people do business with people who do business, and if people don't know who you are, they don't know what you're doing. Then why would they give you money? And so um, I did it for that purpose. You know, when I, I actually started with hiring a company to do it for me and they're like, well, what do you have to sell? And I'm like, nothing, I got nothing to sell. And they were very expensive up front. And, you know, I knew it would pay dividends from just being kind of omnipresent, being uh, seen as, you know, somebody who is doing business, taking action, uh, making things happen you know, building companies, building businesses, flipping deals, you know, um, doing big deals, raising money, paying back investors. Like it's just showing the proof up front to everybody for them to see. And so I invested uh, in that company to, to help it grow and get started. And then I hired a full-time, you know, guy to kind of do my social media for me, follow me around, take videos, you know, um, put out a lot of content. And so that's what we've been doing with no act up front at all just literally providing value providing information and still we don't really ask 
for much from our audience or from, from who follows us, you know, we talk about deals we're doing and people reach out and, and see, you know, how can they partner with us? How can they be involved in deals? How can they earn passive income? Right now we are actually asking, uh, we're raising capital for this uh, Tallahassee deal in, um, uh, for self-storage development. And it's a 506C offering for accredited investors only. So we're able to advertise and, and talk about those opportunities. So if anybody is interested in hands-off passive investing, then, uh, you know, reach out to me. But essentially, you know, uh, just from doing social media, people would, you know, ask me for mentoring. So I had a bunch of one-on-one -on -one mentoring coach, uh, you know, people that I helped uh, grow their business and scale their business. I got asked to, you know, speak on stages and go to events. And so the more you, you do and the more you, you are seen, the more you get asked to do stuff. And so I've raised money from social media. I've gotten deals from social media. I got one self storage deal from social media. Um, and I've uh, met a lot of you know, great people and connected with uh, some great people. Uh, and, you know, I think it's something that could get a little bit distracting. Um, that's why I definitely, for me, I hired somebody, but it's still also sometimes a little, you know, I, I kind of pulled it back. You know, we're supposed to like uh, have uh, certain days a week where we, you know, do full on like three, four hours of content. And I've been putting that off because I got a lot going on. And so I try not to let it be a distraction, but it can be a distraction. I know some people who get started in social media and they, you know, spend too much time on that and not on actually doing the business. My main focus is doing the business. And I like rather to just be recorded live on like what's what was actually going on in our company and our business and my, what actions we're taking rather than always being just like a talking head and just providing value that way. Gotcha. No, that totally makes sense. And then so right now, like what um, like with with social media, like what are your like when do you think sorry, this was the question I was thinking of when do you think social media should be started for someone like how much should they be in the business should they just do it immediately i know a few i know one person who literally started out of nowhere like didn't even do a deal and started doing social media her name's toddy i don't know if you know her but she i know and she had done it but when do you feel like somebody should really start getting into social media start investing into it what are your opinions on that I, so kind of going back to a little bit what i said it's like as long as it's not a major distraction, I think you can provide a lot of people, a lot of value to people by showing your journey of like, Hey, I'm just getting started. And that can give you a lot of like credibility up front, especially if you have success. But like, it's kind of like what I said is like, instead of like just being the talking head and like spending so much time on it, like mostly like if you put a video camera next to you and you recorded you cold calling for three, five hours a day, getting your first deal, going and, dropping signs and talking to buyers and talking to sellers going through your process. If you like vlog that info, like everything you're doing as you're getting started, I think that could be hugely valuable, hugely popular. People will love that uh, to see you win. The people will be probably rooting for you, not rooting for you. And there will be, you know, I think viewers and I think uh, you can get interest that way. Um, but if it's a distraction for you and you're more focused on the social media, then, talking to people, making offers, locking up deals, well, then it, it doesn't make sense. So it's kind of like you got to find your balance, essentially, but um, you just got to you know know what your true focus is. Is it to get as many subscribers on YouTube as possible, or is it to do real estate, you know, make money, flip properties, 
get at, you know, build assets, build wealth, you know, get passive income. So you just got to know what's important to you when you go into it. No, hundred percent makes sense. And guys, the right answer is real estate. The social media is not the right answer, by the way. He didn't say what the right answer was, but definitely the real estate is the right answer. And here's why, guys. Social media, it's going to get you deals. It's going to get you private money. It's going to do all of that good stuff, but you need a way to monetize it. Social media is just a huge microphone that we, both of us, use in order to get deals, get private money, get like the clout that we want in order to get it. The payments from how many subscribers you have on YouTube is nothing compared to the payments you'll have from like a wholesaling business. Like this is just something like I already like I like Pace is really transparent with his numbers. I think he I think I don't remember how long ago this was, but it was like 20K a month. Like I do that easily with my wholesaling business. He gets 20K from YouTube, right? Like the YouTube ads. You're not gonna get that much money from being a social media influencer unless you have a business to send people too right like it's this is just a market another amazing marketing channel for that type of stuff right so just doing one of my little rants there on that stuff um just so that the people know the right move is definitely be making a business that actually makes you some money right um so awesome so you started in wholesaling how long did you do wholesaling before you did something else? I feel like this is always a good question of like, how long should you stick to one thing before you feel re- like, when should you be just doing one thing? And then when should you branch out? Because everybody gets shiny object syndrome. How long do you stick to one thing before you start branching out, start doing other things? Until essentially for some people it's different, you know, essentially until you can get to a position where you can automate it, you can, systematize it you got the systems and processes in place and you can replace yourself so if you can build that team up quickly you know it might only take you a year depends on what kind of person you are how how successful you are right away but if you uh pour back into your business reinvest in yourself reinvest in your marketing and invest in people then you can scale up quicker and essentially you just got to find the quickest way to replace yourself and then you can start dabbling in something else but you really want to spend be an expert in one thing first most people say, you know, 10,000 hours and one thing to actually truly master it. But, you know, there's a lot of things you can move quickly into other avenues and just replace yourself and have, you know, as long as you get the concepts and you build it out and you know how to operate it and you know what it takes, then you know how to hold your employees to that standard of what it takes to get there because you've done it too. And so that's, you know, what we're trying to replicate in the self-storage side of our business is kind of recreate what we created on the wholesale business. And uh, that's what we're in motion to do. I love it. So then what did you do? So like, how long did it take you? Like, how long were you just wholesaling before you started doing flips and the Airbnb is like, what, what was your story? Like, how long did you do the wholesaling for? Yeah. So in 2012, uh, December of 2011, I started in uh, wholesaling, did a couple deals uh, on my own, was missing something in my business and going to Daniel's question in the chat, in the comments, um, I was missing something in my business. I went to a local RIA, was looking for like a mentor. He's like, I don't want to mentor you, I'll hire you. And so I, I worked for this guy and his wholesale business. And he was like, well, I don't want to just have you leave so quickly. You know, I want to get commitment for you from you. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm super loyal. You know, I'll stick with you. I'm not going to just be in and out. So I went to go work for, for his business and quickly within one week, 
I knew what I was doing wrong in my business. And even though I did a couple of deals, I wasn't doing enough. And so I was not estimating repairs correctly. And I probably could have left and just been like, hey, I got what I needed and leave. But like I said, I'm a loyal person. I stuck to my word and I worked with him for three years and I built up his wholesale business. I pretty much ran the whole end of wholesaling. So he focused on rehabs and new builds. And it just came to a point where uh, even when I was working with him, I was continuing to go into events and educate myself. And then when uh, my, after my brother came work for us, I was just like, Hey, I'm like, I'm plateaued. I'm stuck here. Like every year I worked with him, I got more and more uh, bigger chunks of the uh, deals. Like I got started at like 25% of the fees. Then when I left, it was 50% of the fees, but I'm like, Hey, I'm doing everything. I should, you know, I can just go and do my own thing, get hundred percent of it. So it was just that point in time where I was like, I'm just going to go do my own thing. And, um, and I, I did my own thing for three years, pretty much just wholesaling and uh, started buying assets and started doing a little bit more different things like taking down properties, rehabbing in 2017. And so, and since 2017, so now uh, we have, you know, whole, uh, we have owned over 250 doors. We have over 200,000 square feet of self-storage and we're building, you know, a, a 90,000 square feet of self-storage in Tallahassee. So you were working with, um, you were working with that person for five years, four, three, five years? three, uh, uh, it was just under three years. I was working for them. And then I did my own thing. Just me and my brother, just wholesaling for three years or less, uh, where we didn't really buy assets. Uh, we just wholesaled. Yeah. I feel like three years seems about to be the mark. I'm hitting my third year right now. I feel like around three years, you're like, okay, I've got it. I understand how it's supposed to be built out. I know I'm starting to, I've learned kind of how to hire employees, how I should hire employees, how I should pay them, how to make a system, how to make that function. I feel like three years is like a good time estimate where like people generally should stick to one thing for three years. Just do that incredibly well. Um, and then start moving into other things. So going more into your story, how, how did you move into those other things? Was it mainly finding partners first? It sounded like it was finding partners, using the wholesaling skill to just find them deals, and then they would teach you how to operate them. Is that more or less the formula, if I got it right? <sighs> no, like pretty much it was just education. Like, hey, mobile home parks, let's get educated in mobile home parks, and we take action. You know, uh, I did uh, self storage. It was like, okay, let's get, let's do it. Like, we know of self storage. I know it exists. I know it's a business. I know it's a good business. Um, and so I went and got educated in it and then just took action. And so, and everything I've ever done, I've got education first. Like, I'll, I spoke at an event about subject two today and somebody else was talking about subject twos and they'd do something a little bit different. I was like, I'm about to buy that guy's little book or whatever. Because he does it a little bit different than me or his training because he does it a little bit different than me. And even though I may not implement the way he does it, I want to know how he does it, why he does it that way. And so it's all education. And so I continually uh, push myself to, to be educated and learn. And um, that's what really can help you get into whatever new asset class you need to. It's just you got to get fully educated in it and then just start taking massive action. I love it. I love it so much. So do you have any education programs? I actually have no idea. I'm just curious. Uh, we have, yeah, we have a uh, group that's uh, called Creative Investor. And so we 
uh, teach people how to not, you know, just wholesale everything and start taking down assets for yourself. And we get to a smaller group. It's like probably got 20 people plus in it. And, um, and we just teach them how to, how to buy down, how to buy properties uh, with creative financing, whether it's subject to creative finance, there's guys in the group doing multifamily uh, other guys, self-storage. I'm buying a self-storage deal for one of my uh, students and a couple guys quit their jobs recently, which is cool to see. And uh, yeah. What's like the most common problem you see with your students, right? Like, I feel like, especially people who have education programs, I like asking this, right? Because like, again, purpose of the podcast, we're trying to get rid of all the fears of people who are starting out, but also like helping them solve their problems, right? Like, what do you feel like just so far as like an educator, like, what are the most common problems you've been seeing that um, your students deal with, especially at the beginning? And then how do you how do you see them overcome whatever those problems are? So we don't really have like really too many like newbie people. Um, we kind of uh, vet. We don't like just accept anybody. We want people who are kind of proven action takers. And so most of the people in our in my group are, have been, you know, uh, successful. Have done deals. It's hard. I feel like it's hard to get someone their first deal. Uh, it's a much easier to show someone who already has seen success that hey, this is what you have to do to get more success. Um, and so people who are proven action takers, we like them in the group and because it's a lot easier. I think the hardest thing in education is the people taking the immediate action because you can tell them all the things to do, but if they don't do it, you know, how, how do you do that? You can't, you can't really control that. So if someone proves to me that they're an action taker and they, and they you know, whatever you tell them they do, you know, you're going to have success. And so if you're consistent with what you're doing with your action and you take massive action, then you can be very successful. And so uh, the people in our group, they, they take action and people are winning because they're doing what we tell them to do. They're making the tweaks in their businesses. They're, they're listening and then deploying immediately. Like, well, I think this Wednesday we had a, a call and the guy immediately took action and got a deal that day on what we told him. And so that's the people like we want in the group. And so I don't need uh, you know thousand people in the group. I'd rather talk to a couple different people that I can help. And, uh, you know, we help each other. Love it. Awesome. Okay. I was just curious. So then when, and I agree with you 100%, it's a lot easier just helping out an action taker. I mean, you just give them it and then they run with it, right? It's not rocket science. We're no. dealing with real estate. Um, not rockets. So I feel like I, I definitely agree. That's a lot easier. Um, 100%. Um, so what are your, what are your goals with that program? Like, what do you want to achieve with that? Or like, why do you even start doing it? Um, well, we, I, I had several one-off, uh, students, like one-on-one guys and that just reached out to me, you know, for, one-on-one coaching because I didn't really have anything. So I was like, hey, I have 15 grand, 90 days, I'll do that. And it made sense for me. But it's just the one-on-one just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, it, it just makes it more sense to do one-to-many. And so uh, you know, cut the price and we uh, just do it now for one-to-many. And my goal was really not to you know, grow it to the biggest thing ever. For me, what it does is allows me to – uh, help people, which I like doing. I like uh, having people, you know, be successful. One of the guys who my, actually my first ever mentee is in our group and I helped him get started in wholesaling. We did 
a bunch of deals together. Like his first year, year and a half, we did like 300 K we split every deal. And, uh, you know, I helped him on acquisitions, dispositions, and he took massive action. And then I started doing, um, uh, creative financing, showed him creative financing. He started picking up sub two deals and he would sell me some. And then, uh, he's the one in the group who found the self storage deal that he's selling to me. And so while you give, you always tend to receive back. And so I know from just providing value to these guys uh, and, and girls and, and whoever else is in the group, I can, you know, pour into them. They take action. They are successful in whatever they're doing. And one or two of them will say, hey, I got this fire deal. I need help with. I need a partner with. And it comes full circle to me. And so um, I'm not trying to grow it uh, so big, but I just uh, organically talk about it. And, you know, and some people are interested. I don't pitch it. It's essentially, hey, if you want to do it, you want to do it. If you take action, you can be a part of it. Uh, we obviously have to, you know, vet you and make sure you're, you're a fit for the group. But essentially just slowly, gradually uh, grow it, help people, and uh, just create a, a – tight-knit community where we all uh, you know help each other do deals together a lot of the guys in the, in the group are already doing deals together so uh it's it's a cool little group we got i like it i i have a feeling i'm i'm again i'm i'm just steps behind you right but like i i recently i've been doing that i i kept doing that because i was like okay i, can't, I don't want to get on the phone with anybody anymore and so i was like telling people like okay uh, I'm going to charge 500 an hour if you want to get on the phone with me. And I just assumed nobody would ever accept it. And then one a guy eventually was like, okay, I'll pay that. And I'm like, well, shit. like I didn't actually even want to <laughs> do it, but and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like the fact you were even willing to do that, that's a compliment. I'll, I'll do it. And then that keeps happening. Then I'm going to really amp the price up because like, I don't actually at the moment I need to be focusing on growing the social media and then also just doing more wholesale deals where before the coaching becomes a thing. Um, the problem, well, to, twofold with that, you, what you can do is had them, hey, like, let me record our calls and you can provide that as value to your like YouTube or social media. That true. can help you. But also the problem with doing the one-on-one -on -one is, and I can tell by, you know, who you are and how, you, how you're speaking is like you over provide value. So I don't know how many one-on-one -on -one calls you've done. I did the one-on-one -on -one calls and they're never an hour. It's like, I'm like, I'm giving you an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm like, canceling my next appointment because you have, you know, we're diving deep in with you. And it's like, it's never just the hour. That's why it's best to do the one to many because, you know, and not only are you can pour into that guy, but you can also share, you know, their experience with what you're teaching him. Other people can learn from. So, you know, the one to many, I think is definitely a, a, the way to go for sure. I got it just real quick. So like, how do you do that? Like, what is it like, do you just do a zoom a week with a bunch of people or like, what are you providing or how do you do it? Just curious. Yeah. Yep. So they got, you know, obviously video content and all that, that we provide to them, all the resources and all our, you know, materials, but essentially they also get, um, one week, uh, one call a week, uh, every Wednesday at 12, we do a call for like an hour and a half and we just answer any questions they have, help them with any deals. But, uh, because the group's small, I, you know, I give them the, my cell phone number and if they ever have a deal on a Monday, Saturday, Friday, and they need help with it, they just reach out to me. They have to fill out this information on, on the deal. And, um, you know, we'll schedule a Zoom call and we just jump on the call and I help them with whatever they need. So whether it's helping, you know, negotiate the deal, structure the deal, underwrite the property, you know, to give a second look at it, you know, I jump on a call with them or my brother does as uh, if he's available and I'm not. And we just help them with whatever situation. And typically, you know, 
we can, we've done this for a long time. And typically if they provide that information that we ask them for up front, you know, it only takes like 15 or 30 minutes to, you know, quickly jump on a call and provide value to them. So there's guys doing uh, big deals uh, in our group and, you know, uh, to see everybody win like that is cool. And it's just say, you know, that you had a part of their success is, is a good feeling and, and it's cool to give back. Love it. Awesome. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. I'm going to, I, I got to think about it. Cause like, if that happens too many times, so far it's only been one person who's been willing. So like <laughs> that happens with more than like th three people. I'm going to be like, all right, screw me. Now we got to like do group calls or whatever. So I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we're getting to the end of this interview. So I have one last question. I always ask everybody right at the end. And it's basically, um, if you, Alex, could go back to yourself right when you were starting in real estate, what would you tell them then, knowing everything that you know now? Yeah, so essentially, <laughs> it's kind of going to go a little bit maybe backwards, but I wish I, I honestly, I wish I would have started uh, bigger. Uh, up front, I had a good job and made good money. And so up front, I wouldn't have quit my job. I would have started in bigger assets. I would have started in multifamily self-storage and little home parks up front because I had a good paying job. I made good money. And so people who come to me and ask me, you know, should I quit my job? I'm like, hey, do you like your job and do you make good money? Because if you do, don't, don't just quit and do wholesaling because that's a full-time job too. And it ain't easy. You know, it's, it's simple, but it's definitely not easy. And so – if you have a good job and you make good income, you can easily do multifamily self-storage on the side. Maybe find a partner to help you grow that and still work on what you do. And you're actually more, you know, bankable with a W-2 and, you know, six-figure income than somebody who has millions of dollars in, in, in real estate because they're self-employed and, and, you know, they write off everything and their tax returns don't show that great of, of, of income. And so if I went back, I would tell myself, keep your job, do bigger assets first. And I'd probably have uh, more than uh, the $50 million portfolio we have. We'd probably have $500 million. Wait, that's kind of crazy. That's like, hold on. I want to dive into that a little bit because I've never heard anyone say that before. So I know we're at the end, but I really want to dive into that. Um, yeah. So you would have people if they're making like what more than couple like more than hundred k? We more than hundred k. If you're making definitely over one fifty. And then what would you do? So like so you just keep the job and then you would just find a partner, find you, and then like start going into self storage or like calling self storage or like what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like curious. Now. I would, yeah, I would get education. So go take a course on self storage, mobile home parks, whatever it may be. Get educated. Start easily talking to you can talk to brokers you can do some marketing on your own start getting some deals there's not it's not like houses where you you buy a list of 30,000 people when you're cold calling 30,000 people like in, in my whole list in like this the country is not even 30,000 for self-storage and so you know if you the, the lists aren't that big and so if you just market to them slowly or over time you can start getting you know calls in and you know have an answering service answer them or hire one person to, to take those calls for you and funnel those calls over to you. And you can call when you're off your job and start just making offers and picking up deals. And with no stress of like, I have to get a deal because you have a good income, then you can easily, you know, work these leads and get a deal. You know, if you get one deal a year, 
in a, in a big asset, you can create substantial wealth for you and, and, and help, you know, uh, there's some other things you can do. Like if your wife doesn't work or one of you doesn't work, they can quit and you can now get, you know, be a, an active real estate investor and, and write off your, your good income, your, your, uh, your active income over here. And so there's other things you can do there, but essentially just do some marketing and just start learning and making offers. I love it. I love it so much. So real quick, what can my audience do for you? Where should they follow you? What type of deals are you looking for? How can my audience add value to you? Because I'm super grateful that you're here. They're super grateful that you're here. So tell me, like, how can we, how can we help you out? How can people reach out to you? Um, tell me oh. all the things we want to plug right now. Yep. So that's my tag right there at alex.theinvestor.quesada. Uh, we give a lot of uh, con valuable content on uh, YouTube. Uh, so if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, you want to go follow me on IG, um, definitely uh, follow me there. And if you, for me, I'm buying self-storage across the country. So if you have any existing self-storage facilities and uh, that you know of or know somebody who wants to sell uh, and you want to send those my way, I would love that. Um, I'm also buying uh, creative deals in Orlando, Tampa area and uh, their surrounding uh, counties. So I'm a buyer for those deals. Um, if you have anything to sell wholesale, I'll, I'll pay your fee. And then uh, if you are more on the passive side and you want to just invest passively, uh, we have like a deal I mentioned before, the Tallahassee deal. Uh, reach out to me on IG or um, you anywhere IG, I guess, uh, DM me on IG storage and I will uh, send you some information on that opportunity. Again, it's for accredited investors only to 506 C syndication. And, uh, it's like a 2.2 X multiple on your invested income is 28% IRR projected, uh, after we build it, lease it up and sell it. And so, uh, if I can help you out, uh, with passive income stream, or, uh, you can bring me deals and I can give, pay you a big wholesale fee. Let's do that. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. Um, do you have any last words for everyone before I wrap this thing up? Um, I'd say on most, uh, what I say on mo most podcasts and whatnot is speed of implementation. So, you know, get educated, but implement what you learn as quick as possible. That's the one number one key for success is speed of implementation. Take action immediately. I love it. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate it. That was, this is Scorch of Fears. We'll be back next week, Thursday. I already forgot who's on next week. I think it's Austin Rutherford. He's also pretty cool. Um, he's going to be on next week. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate you. This is Scorch the Fears. Let's freaking go. Love it.